podcast this is episode one of season two so season two gets started today with a very special guest and by the way Benita is not here yet she'll be here a little bit later today because we have uh, we'll be recording another session and she'll be involved in that so in case you were wondering she is a part of season two so Benita made the cut you back girl um so but this is our first episode for the new season, and it's very appropriate that we have our special guest today, Miss Tiffany Todd, who has, if you follow her on social media, you've noticed recently she's been um, declaring that this is a new season, and uh, and we'll let her explain a little bit about that. But first, before we even get to talking to uh, Tiffany, I want to say this. So I get in trouble for this all the time, Tiffany, because I tell people or I announced that certain people are my favorite agents, right? And so I don't do that as frequently as Andrea Allen, who listens to the show while we say, that, oh, okay, that's your favorite agent. So Andrea is one of my favorite agents too, right? But, uh, you know, I just like anybody does, everybody has their favorite actors and actresses and singers and all that stuff. And I got my favorite real estate agents, right? And I have a few. And so, you know, I've, I've, and I've had them here on the show. And so, of course, when I have my favorite agents, I have to have Tiffany Todd. Tiffany Todd is one of my absolute favorite <laughs> agents in the world. And um, for several reasons. One, because she's amazingly productive. Um, she's amazingly productive and a single mom. And I think that makes, you know, it's a superhero power that somebody possesses to be able to do this job and then also raise a, a family at the same time. I think that is incredibly uh, impressive and 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 finally she's just like all around good person so you don't have you know and I shouldn't say that there's a lot of good people in real estate but that that combination of being a good person also a really big producer but still very humble very modest uh, I was joking with somebody the other day that I think you know Tiffany Todd all the money she's made I think she still has all of it <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't believe. You know, most of, most agents are getting very flashy and, and want to show their their success, and they're like, you know, Tiffany's perfectly fine with having all of that in the bank and invested somewhere. So, um, but I wanted to make sure that we had a chance to, even though Tiffany's not tip. Y'all get y'all get this all the time too. Al, do you don't have monument agents and monumentals on? And so, no, unfortunately, Tiffany is not a monumental but she's where she's supposed to be where she's been led to be and so we're happy for her there at uh, td realty which is a very fine establishment we all um you know there, there's so many great brokerages around and so people just need to go be where you feel like that's where you're supposed to be and so that's where she is so i mean it'd be great if she was here but that's okay um but if we wanted to bring her here because i want to showcase as many people as possible who are doing great things and doing great things in a very um, significant way and impacting lives of others. And one of the great things about you and many of the other guests that we have, you're not afraid to share your knowledge and your insights because you believe that you've been blessed in doing this and that you feel like, you know, there's an obligation with that blessing to make sure that you're able to, to share uh, the things that you have and help others get to that level. So without further ado, 
Welcome to the show, Miss Tiffany Todd. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Al. It's always a pleasure to be in your presence. So <laughs> let's rock and roll. Okay, very good. <laughs> and so I told Tiffany earlier she needs to use her outside voice. She's trying to use a and I learned this off air that apparently she changes her voice and doesn't speak. She speaks much more softly in public settings because she says if she talks too loud, then her East Texas accent comes out. And so I tell her that's part of her. If you watch her on YouTube or see her on um, uh, Facebook when she's shouting at everybody in the morning, so you hear that when she starts up, hey, y'all. So I'm like, you know, that's, that's not a secret. We know what you sound like. So feel free to, to be yourself and, and speak like you normally speak. But what we like to do, Tiffany, before we really get started into the, the main stuff is to ask a few fun questions so people can kind of know your personality. So people know you, but I don't know that people know you, know you, you know, like that, because I know you're a very <laughs> private person. But um, I want to ask this question <laughs> because one of your best friends uh, in you know, in the business and in life is Miss Tanisha Lusk, who was on here. Yes. She shocked us with her answer to to this question, but we were asking her when she's, or, and I'll ask this of you, if you are needing some music to listen to before going into a presentation or going into a uh, something that you really want to go in and slay the day, right? You want to go be, you know, let them know who Tiffany Todd is. What are you listening to? Okay, so I'm going to be honest. Yeah, so you see how it's coming out. Y'all hear the voice <laughs> changing and everything. So... Um, if I'm going to speak and I need to amp myself up, I'm turning on some screw. I'm sorry. That's what I'm turning on. DJ screw freestyle because I'll start a freestyle. You'll and start a freestyle. I will start freestyling. Yes, I will. And that's like put me in that zone because then when I get there, so like when I was on the real estate panel, I was very nervous. Okay. Almost to where I almost didn't do it. Really? And that morning, it kind of started a little shaky. And so as I'm driving down I-20, turn on that DJ screw, and I had it up loud. And then I was in and out of lanes. And, uh, yeah. So it even changes your <laughs> – it even changes how you behave in driving. Yeah. So you, you're driving in and out of lanes yes, and being I'm, a little more yes. aggressive and yes, interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I had it on, and it was – I'm telling you, it was loud. And so then I was freestyling with it. And so it when you freestyle, what do you mean you freestyle? I mean, you sitting there rapping? Yeah. Too? You just making up stuff? I'm, I'm freestyling off the top of my head, believe it or not, yes. That's hard to believe, but not really, right? I, <laughs> I know you enough to where I could see it, but uh, I'm sure most of the people most listening people to this will be like, there's that. no. And I'm not going to put you on the spot and, and have you freestyle because we don't have any music here to do it. Okay. But... Um, on a future episode, we'll have we'll make sure that's oh. done. And so, <laughs> DJ Screw. Yeah. And then um, I, I know that uh, what's the song that you you like when you were getting? Oh shoot. Mary, Mary, God in me. Oh, okay. So yeah, I know you little. Yeah, I know you little little. Uh, what do they call it? Kind of um, uh, schizophrenic in your your musical taste. I know you'll go from you know, um, Kirk Franklin to. Knuck if you buck and mm-hmm. all that kind of yeah. I just I like music, right? Um, and so you know sometimes people think when you're portrayed a certain way, 
that you have to listen to a certain type. But I, I disagree with that. Um, I think you listen to what you listen to. Now, what I don't do, I do not listen to music that um, is degrading or it it doesn't represent, you know, some of the values that I have. So if it's saying certain stuff, then I'm not going to listen to it. But I do like all types of music for the most part, besides heavy metal. I don't like okay. No heavy metal. Do you do country music? You know what? I have to be honest. I will because when I went to school in Arkansas, University of Arkansas, go Razorbacks. I know your son is going there. We did not have um, we didn't have an African American radio station, and so I was at work and I wanted to listen to music and and that's that's all we had. So I started. But you you had more than country music, but you were listening to. I mean, we did not have a African American radio station except for one hour on Wednesdays, and so and this is this is not that long ago, right? So this is when twenty one years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I started. Was that before streaming? Before streaming, before streaming services. Yeah, I mean, right? what was that? Napster, but that you had to be on the computer, right? So, um, yeah, I started listening to country music, and I remember um, some friends of mine from high school, they were coming back to Arkansas with me. I was, I was going back to finish uh, my semester exams. They had already finished, and I remember we were driving in Oklahoma, and I turned on the radio, and it was Enrique Iglesias, and he had his song, Hero. Now, that's not really country. Yeah, that's not country, no. But... They didn't know. And I was like, is this Hero? And they were like, what? I said, the song Hero. And they were like, Tiffany. We don't know what you're talking about. So I I listen to all types of music. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no. So, I mean, (laughs) so non, um, I'm trying to think of the country music back then. um, So country music is Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks, Shania Twain. Is that that era? Shania Twain and... um, it was Dixie uh, Chicks and all uh, that kind of stuff. No Dixie Chicks? Okay. Oh, wow. Really? You draw the line to the Dixie I Chicks. I listen to that. But Garth, <laughs> Garth Brooks, and it was one other one. Uh, What's the difference between Garth Brooks and, and them? Uh, I just, I, his, so I also like beats. Um, he has kind of like a beat that you would hear in hip-hop. What? Garth Brooks. Think about, like, Achey Breaky Heart. You know, Angry Break Your Heart is not Garth Brooks. That that's that. What's the what? Miley Cyrus's Garth Brooks. No, Miley Cyrus's dad. Um, is Garth Brooks? No, Garth Brooks is not Miley Cyrus's dad. Huh? Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, so sorry. Okay. Billy Ray Cyrus. Sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's I I like stuff like that. Okay. But I like music. Okay. I like music. Very good. All right, and so. Um, Growing, you grew up in East Texas. Mm-hmm. You played sports, and you were allegedly pretty good. I was. <laughs> yeah. So you were, uh, in fact, supposed to be really good at basketball, but then had an injury your your knee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, were you you were D one level uh, basketball player? So I could have been had I focused more. Um, I had distractions, and so. I was good in basketball. I could have been better, but there were some distractions along the way. So I was just honestly doing enough 
to, of course, get the playing time, but I, I could have been better. Okay. You also ran track. I ran track, uh, played volleyball, and I played softball. Oh, wow. Everything. And your dad was a co- was was one of the coaches of the high school team, right? Of- he was, uh, at the time when I was in high school, he was the head girls track coach, and he okay. also coached football. Okay. So yeah. he was my track coach. He's a track coach. All right. <laughs> and so, and you were... A long distance runner, right? You were yes. not not a sprinter. I was but not a sprinter. Okay, all right. Um, I can tell by the haircut you weren't a sprinter. <laughs> right? That's a, that's a, sp- that's a sprinter haircut from back right. then. Right, I didn't right? have that haircut because right. I was not a sprinter. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to share that picture. That uh, yeah, there's a there's a picture that was going around Facebook that said, "Hey, if you had this haircut and ran track, we we know you were fast." Right. right. And it, and it was true. It's a very true, true picture, right? Um, I looked at that picture. Oh like, yeah, Cinnamon Sheffield had that cut. I'm thinking about all the people who were really fast back in the day when I was in school. And so yeah, but uh, okay, so good. But these distractions, what, what at the academic level? Is that what you? <laughs> oh, you trying you to be funny? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. What were you distracted with? You know, uh, boys. You know. Teenager, had boyfriend, you know, I was dis- that was a distraction. Okay. And so, you know, boys. Okay. Well, no, I shouldn't say boys like that. So it wasn't yeah. right. Right. I you were, yeah, you weren't after. Okay, a boyfriend. But, but you weren't. Yeah, weren't you weren't out there yeah, like that? Yeah, I was that, not right. out there like that by no means. Right. No, no, sir. Right. Right. Uh, but that was a distraction that kept you from really, you think, buckling down on trying to be. A, oh, I know. Okay. So after high school. You go to the University of Arkansas. How did you pick? How did you pick the University of Arkansas after being? After being okay, so I always had this thing where I wanted to go to a college where there was a lot of school pride, right. and I did not. I preferred really not to be in Texas, but I wanted to go to a school school pride, and so I went to a, a Arkansas football game, and I remember sitting in Razorback Stadium. And the game was about to start, and I just saw these this crowd of people, and they were making this noise. And I was like, what is this? But I like it. And it was just like the crowd was hype. They were playing uh, Tennessee. Crowd was hype in the school spirit. I mean, I hadn't seen anything like it. And I was like, I kind of like this. I really right. like this. And so um, went to a few more games, and the spirit was still there. And I liked the city um, when I went. I was like, I, I could see myself going to school here. So uh, when it came time to start applying, I did apply um, to some schools in Texas, and I almost went to Sam Houston State uh, in Huntsville. Mm-hmm. Um, that was as close as my parents would let me get to Houston. My parents were like, no, you're not going to U of H, um, you know, party school. You need to go somewhere a little bit more slower because they knew mm-hmm. if I was in Houston, I was probably going to be partying. So anyhow, um, so I applied to Arkansas. I applied to Old Dominion. Um, Old Dominion? Why, why, why Old Dominion? At the time, because of basketball. Okay. Um, I applied there and a few other schools that I applied to. And so Arkansas, they sent me back this acceptance. And out of the acceptance letters I received, theirs was just extra. It was like a certificate, and it had my name and future Razorback. And I said, I'm going to Arkansas. You know what? There are some recruiting tricks and tips I've learned from Arkansas because my son, after he went on his 
visit his junior year, he was sold. He came back just sold on Arkansas and stayed that way. Didn't didn't waver. He got accepted to Tech and OU and um, North Texas, somewhere else. But it was like, so what? I'm going to, to right. Arkansas. And uh, and all of the information they would send him, even before they before he was accepted, everything was was extra, yeah. right? And <laughs> everything was Razorback, everything mm-hmm. you know, and just you know, he he helped. They kept they were basically re recruiting him every time he received a piece of information, right? right? And so then when he finally got accepted and got the big like you know big to do and the nicest nice little comes in this nice little folder and this nice little you know it mm-hmm. felt really big and so right. i will give them their part not that the others weren't doing their best in their presentations but it was something about how they did it that mm-hmm. that was like okay yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be a razorback i'm like okay and then you there when they were calling in the hogs and stuff. Yeah. That, that didn't feel cultish to you? No. Because I saw the video when you took your kids there. <laughs> you took your kids to yes. a game and they're calling in the hogs or whatever. You, whatever. Yes. You, what do You, you want to do that for us? What do they do? <laughs> are you serious? You know what? I am a proud alumni. Yeah, you are. And so, I will really? gladly call the hogs. Okay, so how, so. Does, how, do, how do you do that? <laughs> you, you know, it's. Ooh, <laughs> and you do it three times. You, you say Razorbacks, Arkansas, Razorbacks. So yeah, that's all you're gonna get. You're not. <laughs> you're not about to have me on here. I mean, you're proud. Alone. I am. Okay. You know, and yeah, I, I, know. I expect as your son starts going to the games and y'all visit, especially for family weekend, I expect. To see you doing that as well. I won't be doing that, but I'll, I'll, I do plan to go and visit and go to a game. I think that'll be very exciting, but I won't be doing that. As a, as a, yeah, it's a long way. I can't do that. I remember when we took our oldest to visit Texas A&M because he was thinking about going there. And I was, oh. we were so, we were praying that, no, don't do this. You can't, you can't do that. I mean, you can't do that. That that would have been, that would have killed us. I would have been better with him even going to OU. And I wouldn't have liked that a whole lot, but. Just A and M. It's just A and M. Such like a like a cult almost. It feels <laughs> like a cult, right? It's got a just has a vibe to it. it has a, has a mm. but anyway. But we we digress. So you go to, to University of Arkansas. Are you um, what do you what are you studying there? What do you what is it that you want to do? Is real estate in your mind at no, all? No not, real estate. Not even a thought. Okay. So I originally started out double majoring in uh, broadcast journalism and uh, human human environmental sciences. Okay. And so I am actually three hours short of a degree in broadcast journalism. Okay. And so I um. But you you got but you got the degree in. I got the, the I have a bachelor in, of science degree in human environmental sciences, okay. and I have a um, a minor in um, rural sociology and. Okay. Um, Human human studies. What is rural sociology? Okay, so I know you were going to ask that. <laughs> um, so it's a, it's a running joke. Um, so as you'll learn, so I finished. You know, they have them broken up broken up into colleges. So they had like Bud Walton School of Business mm-hmm. and all that. Well, I finished out of Dale Bumper's School of Agriculture and Food Life Sciences. So I actually graduated in a barn. Yes, it's okay. a part of the University of Arkansas. And it was a barn, and they had put some stuff down. But I graduated in a barn, and so 
um, my friends would laugh at me and be like, you don't even have a real major. Because one of the classes I would get laughed at about was um, I took a class called Household Equipment. Household, household equipment. equipment. Yes. And we... we but is that, Was that an elective or that was no, part of... Yeah, that was part, part of the... Yes, that was core curriculum. Mm-hmm. So that I had to take. All right. Um, and so I would get laughed about that household <laughs> equipment class. I took um, a four-hour cooking class. I had a two-hour sewing class. But basically what I would <laughs> tell them, my degree is focused on things we use in everyday life. I had a, a financial class. I had a class that talked about the the uh, dynamics of family, like functional and dysfunctional, okay. uh, gerontology, how to care for aging parents. So I feel like even though they laughed at my <laughs> <laughs> my degree, I that that added value to my life. It it helped me be a little bit more well well versed in things. And adding that broadcast journalism piece, it even opened me up because I don't mind talking in front of people. Mm-hmm. So Looking back, and I was thinking about this uh, just on Monday when I was just kind of reflecting over my life, how I'm starting to see now at my age how things that were happening in life were piecing together for this journey that I'm on. So it's kind of like when you're looking to find your purpose, you always wonder, what is my purpose? What What am I called to do? And I was just thinking back to everything up until now, and I'm like, oh, Okay, that's why this happened. That, mm-hmm. You know, it's like kind of putting the pieces of a puzzle together. Mm-hmm. So I went to Arkansas. I was there, finishing um, four years, a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority <laughs> Incorporated. Um, and I was also um, a student ambassador for uh, the Dell Bumpers. Okay. And so we would, you know, do different little things. And, again, you know me, I have a, um, a helping, giving type spirit. Mm-hmm. And I've always liked to help others be involved. And so, again, at college, that was shaping. And even in high school, I was in PALS class. And that was based on community service. And so, again, as reflecting, I'm putting pieces together of the woman that I've evolved and continue to um, involve in in today's time. So, I finished at Arkansas. Well, before we finish Arkansas, Mm -hmm. so... And that's that's great. So I think there's also the, there's a lot of grit to you that a lot of people probably won't. Now if they go look at some of your old pictures from high school, <laughs> back when you were you know a basketball player, starch down jeans, wearing the starch down jeans and the, and the baggy t shirts, and then also the 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 what do you call it shirts? The fleece looking kind of uh, they were I don't know if they were fleece, but they had the the patterns on them, kind of like the you heel were. Fit, they were heel. Well, fit. but you also but you also had some stuff that looked like. You kind of had a South Central look, too, at times, right? Like a Minster Society kind of look on some of those pictures. Yeah, I I dressed in today's time like a dude. <laughs> I mean, I had the, the starched down jeans that I took pride in starching down my jeans and wearing a pair of boxer shorts <laughs> up under my jeans. And, you know, it was nothing for me to even and find, like, one of my dad's shirts and put it on and have a pair of kicks Dressing like I dressed to that today, that was almost like a no. All right. Um, that's just I. That was just me. That was me. Um, and you know, uh, my friends were like that. We we all listened to Screw. That is all we listened to. 
Um, now, the only people out there probably going, okay, what, what is... Uh, DJs, okay. Yeah. That is music that has been slowed down. And then, um, just to sum it up, you had people that took songs, slowed them down, and they would rap off of it. Right. And that is what I drove around with my music loud, my windows down, my friends and I listening to. Right. That was it. Right. Even to the point where that's how you went to Arkansas. You were at Arkansas like yes. that too. Yes. And then then that was changed. But also you had another big event that took place while you were in Arkansas. You ended up pregnant. Pregnant. Yep. So I was going to tie back into that. So that's why I dropped the last three hours um, of uh, my broadcast journalism because the last class I was uh, pregnant and I couldn't carry around that heavy equipment and or whatnot. So I knew I had a degree. I was going to finish up. And so I dropped that, that uh, fall semester, which I ended up um, the second semester. I didn't have any classes because I had finished. And so that gave me time. She, Ariana, my daughter, was born uh, April 13th. Our birthdays are two days apart. And so when I walked in the barn, um, she was not even six weeks old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you thought about going to get those last three hours and get the, the journalism piece? No. No. Nah, you're like, whatever. No. I'm good. Okay. So you have a baby. Mm-hmm. You, there's no... Was there any thought at any point of saying, okay, let me, I've done what I'm going to do. Let me just go have the baby, raise the baby, and I don't have to finish school. I'm good. No, okay. absolutely not. No. Yeah. That was that never a thought. Um, my parents are educators, um, big on education, and I was too. Um, and that was something that was important to me to make sure I had a degree because now I'm raising a child and a girl at that, so I have a daughter that's watching me. And so we, in essence, she and I grew up together. Uh-huh. You know, she's seen, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. She's the oldest. She's 19. So we have really grown up together because at that time, you know, I'm still young and wanting to hang out. And so I'll admit, I'm, I always did, I didn't always get it right. So, yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. I mean, that's good. That's a good um, admission someone can make that, you know, most people will try to hide and say, well, no, you know, I did the best I could and and, and will will not admit, okay, no, I didn't always do it the way I should have done it, right? But you finish school and you go into teaching. Did you go into teaching right away? Mm -hmm. Okay. And that was here in in Dallas. So did you go somewhere else? Actually, uh, when I finished, I started teaching pre-K at a head start in Springdale, Arkansas, and I absolutely hated it. (laughs) Did you hate Springdale or did you hate early education? I was not a good fit for early education. Okay. Um, I have a lot of patience, um, so that was the issue. I just... When I do something, and I, I think I've told you this before, I don't do things just to say I'm doing something. There has to be purpose or some type of value. And if I feel like I'm not connecting or it, we're not vibing or I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, then I know that that's, that's not where I'm supposed to be. So with the pre-K, um, you know, I, I love kids in general. It doesn't matter the age, but I just didn't really feel a connection um, and so I was like, okay, I may need to look 
into doing something else. And I always had this dream of living in Dallas. Um, and I so when we would come up here to Dallas, my dad has um, two brothers that stay up here, and we have some family, so we'd come and visit. And I always said, Dad, why don't we move to Dallas? Cause I, and, I, and I would tell him, I want to go to Carter High School. And Carter when, High School, okay. Yes, and really? so when we would be leaving Dallas, I would have him – to drive me by Carter High School, uh-huh. um, and I would be like, I want to go to Carter. I don't know why. Well, there's a basketball player that played for Carter, um, girl basketball player, and I liked the way she played, and I always said, I want to go to Carter. But I always said, I'm moving to Dallas. Okay. I didn't know how, um, but I always said, I'm going to live in Dallas. I was always fascinated by the, the fast-pacedness and just the, the taller buildings. Because in Longview, you know, we didn't have that. We had, right. you know, red clay dirt and much smaller scale. And so I was just very intrigued and excited about Dallas. And I said, I'm moving to Dallas. So by any means necessary, I was getting to Dallas. So that first year, um, taught pre-K. And then um, after that, I had some friends. They were moving to Dallas. And I didn't know how. I said, I'm moving to Dallas, too. I had no plan. And so um, what ended up happening, my grandfather passed that summer of 2005. And my godmother, um, she came to the funeral, and we were talking. And she was like, so what are you doing? And I was like, I'm moving to Dallas. And she was like, well, what are you going to be doing? I was like, I don't know. And she said, well, what do you want to do? She said, what is your degree? And so I told her, and she was like, what is that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I told her, and I was like, basically, I had to just break it down, home ec. And she was like, oh. So she, so let me back up. She was at the time um, the executive director of the alternative certification program for Dallas High oh, Okay. So... She said, you know, send me your transcript because we're about to start up our next uh, cohort for the alternative certification program. You know, you may be able to qualify for that. So sent her uh, my transcript. She took a she took a look at it. And so she called me. She said, you know, you do have enough, um, I guess, hours and you have to have at least a 3.0 um, on your transcript to get into the program. And so basically... I was kind of a guinea pig for the family consumer science piece of the alternative certification. They had never offered that before. They didn't know what it looked like, but that was my ticket to Dallas. Okay. So um, what I did, my daughter, because she's just one at the time, so my parents, and I'm so grateful for them because they really helped me out a lot. They said, okay, she can stay here with us, you know, while you going uh, go to the classes because the classes were like from, I think, five to nine at night. And then my line sister, she was living in Plano. She was like, girl, you can just stay with me. So I slept on the couch for, I want to say, maybe two months. And then um, once the program finished, there was one position for Family Consumer Sciences available in Dallas ISD. There were no more because they were, they were doing away with Family Consumer Sciences right. programs. So I had one shot. One shot. So why was I'm curious as to why was one still left? If they were getting rid of it, the the one it was one left. Okay. And so But do you know why? I don't know why. I guess maybe for you. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, so she uh my godmother called and she was like, um, there's one position available and it actually 
had like just kind of popped up and she said, I'm going to call the dean and you need to go over there and interview. So I was like, okay. So I go on the interview. I couldn't really gauge how I did. And so a couple of days went by. And, and mind you, this is about a week before school is started. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I days are going by and I didn't hear anything. So I was like, well, I didn't get the job. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do now? You know, because because you've already you've moved. You're I've here. Moved. Okay, I'm here. Um, but I'm in Dallas. Yeah. I'm I'm happy. Right. I'm in Dallas. <laughs> so anyway, um, a couple of days before, maybe I want to say like two days before school start, I find out I get the job, and so they were like, you need to go down to HR, you need to do this background check, blah blah. blah. So I'm I go and I'm there literally all day. Only for this lady to come back and she said, Tiffany Wilson? And I said, Yes, ma'am. I'm thinking I'm in the clearance because I've been there all day. She right. said, I need you to come to the back with me. And I'm thinking, I ain't never been in trouble. Right. None of that. So I'm like, What? And she had this look on her face. And I was like, This is not anything good. And she was like, um, Have you ever been in any trouble? And I said, No, ma'am. She said, Well, you didn't clear your background check. So we can't clear you to start work. And I said, huh? And she said, yeah, something's on your background. And I said, I've never been arrested, none of that. Right. And so um, I was like, oh, okay. You know, because now I'm trying to figure out, Lord, did I beat somebody up back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't call the police, you know, all of that. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm really upset because I was excited about starting work. By right. the way, I didn't even know. But anyhow, um, Comes to come to find out what was on my background, I had gotten a speeding ticket in Oklahoma, and the ticket wasn't due to be paid for like another few weeks or whatever, uh-huh. and I was going to pay it, but because it hadn't been paid, um, it came up on on my background. That yeah. you had an outstanding ticket. And that's but it wasn't outstanding, though. Right, right. But I'm yeah, saying, but, but yes. even if it was an outstanding ticket, that mm-hmm. was that was going to be the... That, the yes. So um, I had to go ahead and get that ticket paid, and then they had to do this, like, whole other clearance thing. So I didn't get to start um, my first day of teaching until, I want to say, like, the second week of school. Really? Yes. And so they so the second week of school comes and I was shadowing this lady and then they said, Are you ready? And I was like, Yes. I had no plan. Um, they showed me the websites that I could go on and I just winged it. And what I saw was I was connecting with the kids. This is a um a class with all freshmen. I had one class that had tenth through twelfth grade. So the rest of my classes were ninth graders and it okay. was um uh, personal and family development, and then the 10th through 12th. And what is personal and family development? So personal and family development is basically home economics um, because I covered everything within the family consumer science sector in uh-huh. there. That way, um, if they wanted to take, like, a child development, nutrition and food science, uh, housing, interior design, I covered all of that each six weeks so they could decide they want to focus on it more. Right going into their upper okay um so that um i taught that class and that was at what school that was at skyline high school so i got hired at skyline um there's a skyline high school and so um 
I ended up, I did not like teaching the nutrition and food science class, even though I do like to cook. But I felt I had a connection with the freshman students. Um, and the funny thing is, when I asked, I said, is it possible um, for me to just teach all personal and family development? They were like, yes. Oh, my God, yes. Nobody wanted to teach that class. I loved it. Really? Yes. I loved it because what I was doing, you know, they were raw. These are ninth graders. Um, and so, to me, it was fun getting them as freshmen and just really pouring into them. And then what was really rewarding, by the time they made into their senior year, just to see how they had blossomed, you know. And not everybody blossomed, but sure. the ones that did. And I, I felt great because I was like, okay, I planted a seed, you know, and it's something I was teaching them something that they could use. And I, I don't know if you saw um, maybe four years ago, I had a former student that reached out to me. Um, and at, and she, at the time, she didn't put two and two together, but mm -hmm. we got to talking. And one thing she said to me, she said, I know I was in the ninth grade when I was in your class. She said, but I always remember you teaching us about the envelope system on um, budgeting our money. And she said, you know, I do that to this day. So oh, Wow. That's good. And, you know, that all of a sudden, now, even when I look on the news uh, and see little stories on Good Morning America, that whole system is kind of in vogue again about the whole envelope, envelope system. system. Mm -hmm. But but you had that down for, for a minute. Again, so here's, here's a good point for everybody who's listening to this. So, here we are talking to the superstar real estate agent, but we're starting by going through her background. And what I've always found when we do these interviews is that there are points in your background, the things that you picked up, the things you developed that made it possible for you to succeed in real estate. Because by pouring into those ninth graders like you did and taking them through that journey and watching them become seniors, um, real estate is very much the same thing. When you get that raw first-time home buyer mm -hmm. who doesn't know anything about this process at all, and uh, you're able to take that person, educate them, but walk with them through the process, and then ultimately get them to the other side, that's basically what you were doing. That's the, you were doing that as a teacher, and you're doing it at a very high level. Thus, those skills translate to real estate. So now, when does real estate become something that you're even thinking about doing? All right, so... Year nine of teaching, and I, I always had a goal <clears throat> that I wanted to teach for 10 years, and then I said I would, you know, apply for something higher up in education. Mm -hmm. And so um, year nine, I had um, the prior year I had my youngest daughter, Trinity, and I was off work for 12 weeks with her. And while I was off work, I used to do cakes. I don't know if you know that. But I used to do cake. So when you say you used to do cake, you used, used to make cakes. So you used to be like business. cake daddy. You were, you were the cake mama. Yeah, it was called Sweet Occasions by Tiffany. Okay. And so um, I started getting like heavily into cake pops, and they were popular at the time. So I did that, and this light bulb kind of went off. Like, you could be working for yourself. You ain't got to keep thumbing in and telling, having somebody tell you you can't close your door and dealing with that. And I was, like, very intrigued by that. So I went back, and I always said this. When I got to a point, and this isn't anything, 
where my heart is not in it and I'm in it for the wrong reasons, it's time to move on. I have fulfilled whatever purpose or whatever I'm supposed to do. It's time to move on. So anyway, year nine, I get to work and I'm just not feeling it. But I would never put the way I feel off on those kids because what I learned out of those nine years was some of those kids, they rely heavily on teachers. Sure. You were kind of like their saving grace, mm-hmm. and I knew that. And so I didn't want to be that teacher that came in negative, oh, I hate this job, even though that's kind of how I was feeling. I still had to show up for them because they they were depending and some of them believing in me. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I just was over it. I wasn't into it, and so... February comes, and I'm scrolling on Facebook in between my classes, and I saw this lady that had um, sold my sister and I um, our house, and we stayed together. And she said she was opening her own her own brokerage. She was looking for 10 people to train to sell real estate. And I said, real estate? I was like, my math skills. And I know the par. I was like, I don't know if I'll be cut out for that. Did you take any math classes in a, at, at the University of Arkansas? Uh, <laughs> one, maybe one. Algebra one. Algebra one, okay. Uh, other than that, no. Okay. Um, so anyhow, um, I was like, man, you know, at this time I'm, I'm desperate not to return okay. that next school year. So this is February. End of the school year is not really that far right. away or whatever. And so I don't know if you know this for teachers, um, at the time, they would send out the contracts like in, I want to say, March or April or something where you had to decide so they could start making preparations or whatever. And so time is winding down. And so I, I reached out to the lady and I was asking if she had her 10 people. And she was like, no, you know, I think you'd be great for real estate. So that was like February 13th or 14th. I remember being around Valentine's Day. By February 23rd, I was sitting in my first real estate class. I went through uh, Kaplan Professional Schools, Mm -hmm. and I took the weekend courses. So Saturday and Sundays, I was in class. March 16th or 15th, I was taking my last class. I got licensed on my birthday, April 15th. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. That was my birthday gift. Nice. Okay. So you get licensed. You're still at school. Now, by the way, you, you're also married now, right? I'm married so you're, at this ma- time. you're you're married and uh and that that was you know, I don't know what what are the rules about uh no, nah, never mind. The uh so the, the you you're you're married and then do you have the conversation with your your husband saying, Hey look, I'm not feeling this this teacher thing anymore. I wanna go do something different. Yes. So the one thing that really was kind of like another green light for real estate. So with him, um, if I would say something and he would like ask a lot of questions, ask a lot of questions. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm thinking about uh, starting to sell real estate. Now I had told him early, I was like, I'm not coming back. And he's like, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. He said, well, you need to figure something out. And I was like, I don't know. So when I told him that I was thinking about, you know, getting my real estate license, he said, hmm. he said, I think you'd be good at that. It wasn't, well, now why, did, you know, why? Right. It was none of that. Right. So I was like, okay. Good. So, Very good. So, and what we find, too, is that a supportive spouse on something like that really makes a big difference because, 
you know, starting off in real estate is is challenging, right? And it's it's and if you have a spouse who's looking like, hey, why why what's happening? Where the money at? And and putting that kind of pressure, you see so many people crack under that and then leave the business. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them leave just before they get the big break. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. I'm glad your husband was was on board uh on that. So you all had that conversation. You uh get your license and then you finish after the, the school year and let them know what, hey, I'm 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 done. I resigned. Um so I finished out the school year. I didn't sign the contract and I resigned. And so uh that summer I started, you know, going into the real estate office um, trying to understand because it's a lot different from what you see on TV. Uh, it was not a love it or listed situation. <laughs> it was not a million dollar listing situation. It wasn't, oh, you want to see this house? You want to buy it? Right. it? Total opposite. So I had a reality check very quickly. Um, quickly, and I've talked about this before, racked up $30,000 uh, worth of debt. Broke. No money. Um, frustrated. And that the first that may have been yeah first year um, everything that I like got my hands on real estate wise had an issue and I was like okay and then on top of and that, when you say that when when you say <clears throat> had an issue so in other words the the client may have had some some challenges or if you got a listing it had challenges yes. if what any everything. any and everything that could go wrong seemed to go wrong yes. with all of your transactions. Yes. And so, so I was at that company for six months, and then that's when I switched over um, to Century 21. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, I was getting my hands on stuff, but it just had, there was just always something. So I had my dad in my ear, you need to go back to teaching. This ain't working out for you. I don't like seeing you like this. But my grandmother, I would talk to her every day, and, I, you know, she'd say, how's it going? And I said, Grandma, I was like, this is not working. And she said, listen to me. She said, just think positive. She said, don't don't you be sitting up there worrying about anything. And she said, if you need some, you know, you can always call me. Because uh, my grandfather just died um, some months before that. And she said, it's going to work out. You just keep thinking positive. And I said, okay. So stuff is still happening. But I had a mindset shift. Because I said, you know what? This is happening to me early on. I said, this is God's way of setting me up to be able to help people down the line. I said, because I'm having all this stuff happen to me early on. As I start getting experience and I help people, I will have gone through this and I can help them. And so I I started praying. I said, God, you know, if you allow me to be successful in real estate, I said, I promise I will always help the next person. I said, I won't get big-headed. I said, gosh, let me have success in this business, and I will always help and pour back. And it was almost like the mindset shift and, you know, the prayers. It was like it literally changed almost overnight. Um, my phone started ringing. And then I bet what was happening also, so obviously, you know, those prayers were being answered, but I think – Early on, when you hear agents say, well, everything I had was falling apart and I couldn't do this. But through experience, there are probably issues that were happening with those early transactions that you learn later. Oh, we could have done this. Mm-hmm. I could have done that. Mm-hmm. We could have handled it this way. And those deals would have made it. But 
a lot of people never get to the point where they learn enough or get experienced enough to be able to handle those kind of situations. And so the deal is, uh, through your grandmother's encouragement, and it's hard because, you know, you had your dad who you look up to, who's your dad, I mean, and the coach and everything, and he's telling you, hey, you need to get back to, to teaching. Right. And so when you're hearing those things, even though you 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 want this to work, it causes some self-doubt. And so yeah, to be able to get to the point where you're able to say, okay, let me, let me quiet down enough. Let me, it's, because what happens, we get distracted. That was one of your words earlier about being distracted. And we get distracted and hearing all the different voices and all the different voices telling us all these different things. And we stop relying on our ability. And but when you focus in, you just start praying, and you just say, "Okay, let me let me focus. I let me hear from God. Let me stay focused." And then you concentrate on the words of your grandmother. So you pick you picked what you were going to listen to, and started listening to your grandmother, and things settle down. All the other now, even though things are settling down, people don't know it still takes thirty days or somewhere deal yeah. to close and so people are still after the thing hey she needs to get back in that classroom but you're seeing that okay no it's it's there's a transition happening so tell us about that as you start to see contracts get executed and all that kind of stuff what's what's happening there how are you handling that okay so when that started happening um because i wasn't used to that type of activity um I didn't know how to balance. And what I mean by that, and I laugh about this now, but there were times, because, you know, when I got into real estate, my oldest daughter was nine, my uh, son was two, and my daughter was one. And so that next year, they're 10, 3, and 2. So they were at three different schools or locations. There are times where, you know, I had to go and pick up all three. Well, I had to pick up all three of them. I didn't have any help because my ex-husband was a football coach. So there was no, you know, typically in a traditional marriage, um, your spouse normally can pick up for the most part. If you're running late, you got that. Well, I didn't have that. Um, you know, my sister stays here, and she sometimes is able to help out as well. But I think I almost had a nervous breakdown because I didn't know how to balance everything. So I'm picking these three kids up, and if you have young kids, you know, mama, this, me, tell you this, tell you that. And I'm trying to get to this appointment on time, and I'm talking to them, giving them a pep talk. Now, listen, when you go in this house, don't touch anything, don't say anything, don't don't make, if you smell something, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, you know, right. I'm pep talking sure. them and still trying to – mentally prepared, you know, go show this house and, you know, all of that. Um, so the first two years, it was it was a lot um, because I didn't know. And then um, when the money came in, started coming in, um, thank God for my mother, she always said now, and this isn't anything, um, <clears throat> you need to put, you know, always put something back. And so I was like, okay, and then – my office manager at Century 21, he scared me when he started talking about uh, taxes and not, he was like, the IRS was all in my business, this, this, that. So I was like, okay, I got to put some back for taxes. This ain't my money. It's coming in. But all this does not belong to me. Right. 
So it was it was a juggling act to try to do and then still be a wife. Mm-hmm. Uh still, you know, come home, cook, clean, you know. That was a lot for me. So first two years was was a little bit of a struggle. And then I kind of got in the groove of things. Um, the kids are a little bit older now, so they know the routine. And so <clears throat> now I'm, I have ske- a schedule. Okay, from this time, this is when I'm showing. And then after this time, I'm not taking any calls. I'm cutting it off because the first two years, I think I was so excited and I was helping people. You know, you call me at 10 o'clock at night and I'm answering, hello, this is Tiffany. And all that had to be shut down. Right. Because it got to be too much. It was taking a toll on me. So then I I really started, I guess you say, putting systems in place and and having some boundaries there um, when it came to my clients. And even with my kids um, and, and then us as a family making sure work wasn't overshadowing you know, time with family. So, you know, we started going on vacations. And I remember the first vacation we went on, I was nervous because now my phone's ringing and I'm like, you know, what I'm, what I'm going to say, I got to say no to these clients. I can't do it. That was, that was a challenge for mm-hmm. me. And so, um, like I said, looking back, there's a lot of things I would have done differently early on, but you live and you learn. And that's, that's what I like about this business and any business. You can revamp. You can rebrand. You can, you know, change some things. You don't have to stay in this, like, straight and narrow path. And so um, that happened, and I was I was in my groove, and it, it was going well. Well, and, right, it was going really well, and uh, to the point where you were able – were you ever relying on – because this is – you know, a lot of new agents will have this question because they'll say, well, where do you, where'd you get your, where'd your clients come from? Where were you getting clients? Okay. So me, um, I started this thing on Tuesdays called Tiffany's Tuesday House Pick. Every Tuesday at 11 o'clock a.m., I would go on the MLS and I would just find different houses and I would pick them to put on my page. And I had, I had created a real estate um, business page and I would tell different things about the house, why I liked it or why I didn't. And it wasn't always nice houses. So, cause I, I started thinking, well, let me touch on investment properties, rental properties. And so these houses, they just had different stuff, you know? And so what ended up happening People started sharing them. And then, um, I don't know if you remember, we had this storm in February. This was February of 2014. It was a bad storm, so we couldn't go anywhere. And I spent five and a half hours inboxing all of my friends on Facebook, letting them know, hey, I'm selling real estate. Could I get your uh, email address if you want to share, like, your phone number or anything? I'm building my database. Could I get that information from you? And people were sharing. So as they were sharing, I was putting it on a spreadsheet. And then I took it and put it over into um, my CRM. And so from there, um, I started sending out, you know, uh, at the time, Century 21 had, uh, it was called an intranet or something. Mm -hmm. And you could send out different things. And then, you know, agents was, you know, be like, well, I got this listing. And I would ask, could I share and so I started sharing that, and then business started coming in. As people were uh, sharing my stuff on Facebook, I was getting business from social media. So my business has been based pretty much off of 
um, referrals and social media. And, and so, and basically what you did, you, and the use social media to reach out to, to everybody, everybody to make sure that, hey, look, let me get your most uh, accurate uh, information. information so that I can stay in touch with you. And you weren't shy about letting them know what you were doing. Hey, I'm in real estate now. And so I would like to get your, your information. And so they're willing, they know you, so they're willing mm-hmm. to share that information. But what you did, what a lot of people don't do, is actually staying engaged with those people. Oh, yeah. Because your business will come from those folks if you engage them. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing that you know and you've done and, and you, you're, you're a proponent of, of staying trained, I know you do Brian Buffini and others, and and as Brian Buffini teaches and, and many of the other coaches out there is that staying actively engaged with your database will ensure that you will have a pipeline of business that will be able to take care of you for a very long time. And so creating that whole uh, uh what do you call it? The Tuesday thing? What was, what was the, the name Tiffany's of it? Tiffany's, <laughs> Tiffany's Tuesday house pick. That's great. And so now I'm sure that has morphed into as, as technology has advanced and social media is now a bigger thing that you're utilizing social media. You share um, your daily experiences of, of showing properties, going to closings, and you kind of let people in. They can see you because ultimately what you're selling more so than houses you're selling the experience of working with Tiffany Todd to help somebody buy or sell a house. Right. Um, and this year, you know, you know, I, you and I are friends on Facebook. Let me back up. So um, I'm, I'm a single mother um, to three kids. And I told you, my daughter, she and I basically grew up together. And so I have my kids are watching me and, and they watch, especially my youngest. Um, so this year I am doing a, something a little different uh, social media you may notice you see me um, speaking more kind of giving a little bit more inside of me because for the past I am a private person and I'm I don't share everything with everyone but I am letting people in a little bit more because what I'm what the end goal here is when people reach out to me from social media because I'm starting to get a lot more following on Instagram and TikTok that they can be like, oh, yeah, it's Tiffany. She has three kids. Oh, her youngest daughter, Trinity, that's the one that's this. So I'm I'm doing content that is showing a little bit of me outside of the real estate agent. But that way they say, okay, Tiffany, I know she likes to play basketball with her son. Or I know she'll get in her car and she's doing this. So you know me. You know enough about me to where you can kind of gauge if I'm someone that would be a good fit for you to help you buy, sell, or even invest in real estate. So you're going to start seeing more content of me out and about it and, and really being a mom and just embracing this season because, like I told you, this is really a new season. And so as I evolve more into who I'm coming to be, people are going to start seeing, oh, I, you know, I may not have known that about Tiffany. So that's where we're going. I like that. And, and it is a new season. Not only a new season for you, but it's a, just a new season even in real estate and how real estate is done. The The deal is, and especially this younger generation that comes up, the younger generation is very concerned about doing business with or being involved with people they relate to or that they like right Mm -hmm. and so but they won't know that if they don't see you so if you continue to kind of do the old school just you know hey 
you know, this is what it is. Hey, here's this house. And, right. you know, y'all love it or like it, whatever. But they want to know the person behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the person who's actually selling the house. I want to know who that person is. Do I trust that person? Do I relate to that person? And the people who are able to show themselves in, in, in a way, because guess what? Your personality might not fit everybody. Right. And, and that's it cool. And that is okay. Absolutely. Is okay. Because the people that you want to do business with are the people that you will, you will vibe with, that, mm-hmm. that, that you fit. And so um, let that personality be shown. Let, that, let people see it, and it attracts folks. And so the, the deal is, and you, you do this wonderfully because you, you've wedded the social media to also doing community things. Like, for instance, I saw where you were at a Dale Turner. There's a, what, tell us what you do with that because part of your commission, what do you do with that? So, um, so Dale Turner, what I initially, again, going into year 10, new season, wanting to really give back more than I have. Um, you know, my good friend Tanisha, she said something to me um, last month that really stuck and resonated with me. She said, Tiffany, she said, don't be too humble where it keeps you hidden. And I said, you know what, she's right. Because, you know, I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes that I don't post. And it's not because I don't want to, but I don't want to be mistaken for being flashy or or coming off like, oh, she always doing this. And so I said, you know what, she's right. Um, And and if you know me, you know that ain't me anyway. Um, You know, I can be nice, nasty. But I um, do things with good intention, you know, I don't do stuff like that. So with the Dell Turner, um, portion of my commission goes back to the school. So what we're going to be doing going into next year, um, I've asked the principal, she's going to get a wish list together from the teachers of things that they desire to have at the classroom or school or whatnot. And Marathon Property Group, my business, I'm going to provide those items to them. And so I'm also next year going to dedicate Fridays because I don't typically show houses on Fridays unless it's a relocation client. On Fridays, I will be going to the school, uh, whether it's reading with the kids or or volunteering. But it's just really important to me um, that people know I am out here in the community. I don't just sell real estate. I am involved in the community. And then I'm also a member of Order of the Eastern Star. We do different things throughout the community as well, you know, not just, you know, feeding the homeless, but we are um, empowering other women, um, single mothers or mothers that may have, you know, fallen on hard times. And so that is a very important piece of me because, like I said, I like to help people. That's not something um, I do for show. I find joy in helping people. That's just been my nature since I was little. So that's, that's what I'm doing. And that's excellent um, because you're, you're doing, you know, I would say, uh, and I heard uh, Marvin Jolly say this one time, uh, that he, he likes to do well by doing good, right? Mm-hmm. So he wants to, to, to do well financially and for his family, but he wants to do it while at the same time doing good for others, being a benefit to society. Mm-hmm. And they, there's a correlation between the two. You will do really well when people are able to witness you doing good things for others, right. and because those people will be like, "Hey, I want you know, that's who I want to help me," mm-hmm. you know. And so it, it's 
it works perfectly. But a lot of people feel like, oh, shit, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to do all that. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I love it. I love it. I think it's great. The um, Is there one piece of advice that you would give to somebody and not necessarily, you know, uh, Tanisha Lusk actually said the exact same thing when she was on our podcast the other day about not, don't be too humble that you, you stay hidden. Uh, is there a piece of advice that you would share with somebody who's whether they're new or experienced, but some piece of advice that would help somebody advance their career? A couple of things. Um, don't be transactional. Um, be authentic. And if you're if you're doing this outside of being um, an advocate for your client or helping them obtain the dream of home ownership, you might want to find something else. And I say that because I get inboxes and people say, I want to sell real estate so I can make a lot of money. And I have to ask them, are you just coming in for the money? Because it, if that is what it is, you won't last long. Because there, you know, there's a lot, and you know this as an agent, that goes into being a good agent. It, it doesn't stop when you sell them a home. You know, you still do things. And even in that process, like, for example, and I'll wrap this up, um, I have a client um, that's a friend of mine that just recently uh, relocated back to Texas, and I put her in contact with the agent uh, out in Florida, and she doesn't know this, and she's not going to know because she's, she's not listening to this podcast. But we um, we did a walkthrough of her house um, yesterday, and she has had some very traumatic things happen to her. And so what I'm going to do when I get my referral check, um, this going to go towards the remodel of her house um, because she does not have the means um, to be able to do that. And I do. And so that's something, you know, I prayed about. And so when I get that referral check, it's going to the remodel of her house. So I said that to say, if you are um, like, oh, I ain't giving up my money or giving up my commission, you won't last long. And some, you know, somebody can say, well, how could you give up that amount of money that you're going to get? Well, I'll get it back. Absolutely. I'll get it back. So I don't mind doing that. That's that's part of the business. And I know she will be thankful for it. And, again, I'll get it back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Tiffany, Todd, I know you got to run, but this was a wonderful way to start our new season uh, as we talk about your new season. And we wish you all the best. You're, you're doing great. Uh, one of the absolute best in the business. And, uh, and for those who would like to reach out to you, uh, do you have a way for them to, to contact you? Yes. Um, they can contact me by phone to one four five three seven zero eight zero seven, or they can message me on any other platforms, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and if they follow me on TikTok, they can reach out to me there. Very good. And Tiffany is a great, um, uh, What she's everything she said is absolutely true. She is a, a mentor to... Uh, to to agents and, and oh, I'll be launching. Uh, oh, okay, oh, okay. We can't. We gonna bury the lead. Why are we just? Why are we just not talking about this? What you about to launch? Um, so I will be launching. I wrote a curriculum um, for real estate. It's called Your License Now What, and so it's a six module uh, course that I am going to be launching that will include some mentorship um, in there. So when that is ready to be launched, I will 
get that website and everything out. Very good. Well, congratulations. Look at you. All right. Well, good, good, good job. I'm, I'm anxious to see that. I might need to take that, that curriculum. I might need to, to go through that. But, Tiffany, it's been a pleasure. We appreciate you spending time with us. Those of you who watched this or listened to it, please like, stream, I mean, like. What am I supposed to say? Like, like share, share and, subscribe. and subscribe. Thank you. <laughs> like, share, subscribe. Um, uh, this has been good, and we'll see you guys on the next one.